0: Let's go ahead and get started this morning. We're going to stand and turn to hymn number 347. 347. your friend or brother, tell it to Jesus alone. A few pages back to 272, 272. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. on his unchanging solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand brother Ben Rue why don't you go ahead and pray for us this morning brother you may be seated. We'll go over the uh, cornucopia of announcements in our main service. So anything before we break for Sunday school this morning? All right, let's go ahead and break for Sunday school.
1: Amen. Take your Bibles. Go to Genesis. Genesis. Chapter 17. Y'all do keep uh, the Hines family in prayer this morning. Uh, brother Hines, brother Ted Hines, pastor of church in Pahokee. Uh, I think it's, La- it's a Lakeside Baptist Church. Lakeside Baptist Church in Pahokee, Florida. And he's got COVID and he's got pneumonia and he's in the hospital and he's got blood clot. And there's just a bunch of stuff going on with him. Uh, he does have pneumonia still, doesn't he? Okay. Y'all keep him in prayer. They, they're not really sure what's going to happen. Uh, he's on a vent, and they have to take him in uh, tomorrow. They're, they're meeting with the family today, but tomorrow they need to go and see if about taking that blood clot out. And with all the conditions that he has, they're not sure what's going to happen. It just doesn't look good with that, that type of a condition that he's going to make it, uh, trying to get that blood clot out, especially being on a vent. Uh, it's just it's sad, but I think he's 70-something years old. 74? Amen. So, you know, he's past three score and ten, but still the family, I mean, he loves them. And the church down there, I was just talking to Brother Perry, uh, Barry, he doesn't have a, a backup yet for his church, so there could be issues going on there. So y'all pray for uh, him, his church, his family, just that the Lord give the doctors wisdom about what to do. The uh, Lord already knows what he's going to do, and uh, I'm, I'm in a total agreement with whatever the Lord does. I've just I've come to the conclusion a long time ago that, there's so many things in life I just do not understand, and I can't understand them all. And they'll hinder you from serving Jesus Christ if you let them get into your way uh, and, and don't go on. I remember Dr. Rubin, when he was dying, uh, Dr. Peacock went over several times, and Dr. Rubin looked at him and said, what are you doing here, man? He goes, well, i come over to see you. He goes, get out of here. Go do something. You, know, you don't waste your time here. I'm going to go on home to be the Lord. You need to go out and do something for Jesus. Uh, Brother Lentz did the same thing to him. I mean, he just, he'd go up there and pray, and Brother Lentz would be in and out of it, and Dr. pickard would be sitting there watching him, and he'd come up and he goes, What are you doing here? He goes, Well, I'm here to, to pray with you, and all. He goes, Get out of here, man. Go do something for Jesus. And, you know, when you're on your way out of here, it's just like you're just waiting for the thing to happen. Uh, the rest of us, we're sad because we lose somebody. Uh, but they're, they're gone to a much better place than where we're at now. Anyways, Genesis, Father, thank you uh, for your many blessings this morning. do pray for Brother Hines, Lord, that you'd uh, just continue to comfort him and his family. Uh, Lord, I'm not sure exactly what his total condition is, but you do, and the doctors do. Uh, Lord, his, his sons are down there, his wife's down there today. Lord, I just pray that you'd comfort him as they go in and visiting. Uh, Lord, I pray for his church also, Lord, that uh, you'd give... Uh, whoever's going to step up, Lord, the ability to do the job that uh, is needed to be done down there. Uh, Lord, uh, again, we want to thank you and bless you and and praise you for what you've given us this morning. Uh, Lord, I'm still here today. I can still talk. I can can still breathe. I can still stand up vertically. Lord, I just want to thank you for that. Praise you for that, Lord. We still have the opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. And, Father, uh, just uh, bless the morning services, bless the Sunday school classes all through the building and all the other churches around Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. You do have always have an opportunity to speak. You might not think it, but I went down to Cincinnati yesterday to get uh, something, and, and as I, dro- I drove down there, I uh, tried to get a hold of the guy for a long, long, long time, finally got a hold of him. There's a distiller to take to camp with us so we could get five gallons of water instead of one each time. But uh, when I got down there, I came to find out the guy was a Christian, kind of different than our flavor is a little bit, but... Uh, I, I sit there, we started talking, and I mean, a half hour, 45 minutes later, I'm like, hey, I got to go, man. I got to go pick my daughter up at the airport. If I don't get out of here, she's going to be mad. She's going to be sitting there waiting. My wife's going to be mad. Everybody, and he goes, let's talk some more, man. Let's talk some more. I'm like, there is, there is people all over the place that want to hear about Jesus Christ. They really don't. I stay away from just about everything when I start talking. The guy I had, friends that were Catholic, I could have got off on that. You can get off on all kinds of stuff, but you know, really what you want to do is you want to get Jesus in them. And then from there, you can bring them along down the road as you get an opportunity. Genesis chapter 17. Abraham is, is sitting here and, and uh, he's in, he's just getting out of trouble. I think we were down to verse. Let me get my uh, little paper here. Down to verse 9. Uh, and it says, that, And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee, uh, in their generations. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and and you and thy seed after thee, every man's child among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall come, it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he shall, and he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man, uh, man child in your generations, uh, he that is born in the, the house or bought with money, or any stranger which is not uh, of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with money must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And, uh, the, and the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people, for he, uh, he hath broken my covenant. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai, Sarai thy wife, Thou shalt not call her name Sarai but Sarah shall be her uh, shall her name be <coughs> and I will bless her and give thee a son of her uh, also of her Yeah, I will bless her and she shall be the mother of an of, of nations. Kings of people shall be in her of her and Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old and and uh, shall Sarah uh, that is 90 uh, years old, bear. And Abraham said unto God, Oh that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with uh, him for an everlasting covenant, and with uh, his seed after him. And I tell you, what's a crazy thing. Uh, and and uh, as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make uh, him fruitful and multiply him, and he shall uh, uh, exceedingly twelve princes shall uh, he begat, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with thee, uh, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at the set time in the next year. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. I bless the morning service and the the Sunday school class, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Abraham is getting a a covenant here from the Lord, and is in circumcision. And there's so much stuff that churches have got wrong about just about everything that you could possibly go wrong in the Bible. They'll take it and, and they'll go off with it, and they won't really look at what the truth is. That's what I was talking to that guy yesterday. Most of everything he said was true, uh, and and he, I said, well, what kind of church do you go to? He said, well, it's non-denominational. That tells me something right there. I mean, I'd rather talk to a Catholic, a Methodist, a Presbyterian, a Mormon, a Jehovah's Witness. At least you know who they are, what they think. A, non, a non-denominational is kind of just like... Like scrambled eggs, man. I mean, you have no idea what was in there. Uh, you don't know how many whites are in there, how many yellows are in there, yolks are in there, if they take some of the yolks out. You have no idea what, what a non-denominational church is. Uh, it's, it's a church that doesn't want to offend anybody. It's a church that doesn't want to get really upset about it. But you got to get to the place. I told him he was on ships out there, and, and I'd pass out uh, chick tracks. He's familiar with those. And we started talking, and uh, he, he said, when I said this was your life, he understood exactly what I was saying. And I said, look, I watch all kinds of people get saved out of those tracks. I've watched young people, uh, middle-aged people, all kinds of people read those tracks and get saved. And I said, the key is trust in Jesus Christ. It's not anything else. It's not a church. And uh, as soon as we got there, man, we just started talking, and he was all excited. He's trying to sell me oil. Uh, It's always amazing when when you find uh, Christians in business, uh, you almost have to compromise sometimes to sell stuff. I don't know about you, but I've noticed that because they always... They always try to make their product better than anybody else's. Hey, man, don't even tell me anything. Just sell me a product, and let's get done with it. I'll buy it if I need it, and that's it. But anyways, God said in Abraham, verse 9, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore. So the Lord's giving Abraham something. It's something in his flesh that he's got to do. Uh, the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon an altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement. So far up to this point, man hasn't really shed blood at all or had any part of that. Uh, now God's coming down, the Lord's coming down saying, okay, Abraham, you're going to have to get into the game here. Uh, woman, women, when she has a, a baby, she breaks water. she uh, They cut the umbilical cord. She has a baby now and blood is shed. But man's blood has got to get in. It. It's a two-part thing for a new birth. Uh, God has revealed himself, and he's going to reveal himself down the road through Jesus Christ. And the new birth is what it is. Circumcision then pictures... God revealing himself as a creator or reproducer. Circumcision has nothing to do with salvation. If so, ladies, you all are going to hell, man. There ain't nothing anybody can do for you. Because circumcision is only on the man's side. So, you know, there, you'll have churches out there who'll try to tie that in and, and call it is not a picture of salvation. Although it is, it is a picture or likeness of the, of the flesh getting cut away from the soul later on down the road. But it is not a picture of salvation. You do not get saved by circumcision. Uh, you get saved, you, the man, man gets cut. Abraham got cut, he, got, he started bleeding. But it's, it reveals God, it's, it's really a strange thing. It was a covenant that he gave to Abraham and to his seed after him, although other people were involved in it. Uh, Abraham is now dead. See Romans 4. Uh, oh man, go to Romans 4. <clears throat> Romans 4 is good. Actually, everything's good. I had a call from a preacher yesterday, and just out of Clear Blue, gave him a Bible a long time ago, and, and uh, he said he was just reading his Bible, and he flipped over the cover, and my name was there, and he, he said, I'm going to call him and see how he's doing. Uh, verse 8, actually verse 7, saying, blessed are, are they, verse chapter 4, Romans 4, 8, uh, 7, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Come with this blessing uh, then upon the circumcised only, or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. But was it then reckoned? Uh, how was it then reckoned? When he was in uncircumcision, or in uh, in circumcision, or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised. That he might be father of those uh, them that believe, though they uh, be not circumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed also unto them. So, and the, it says twelve. It says, and the father of, of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but uh, who also walk in the steps of the that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. So circumcision was something that he gave Abraham Moses. Uh, Moses didn't do it, and he almost lost two kids, almost got killed himself uh, on the way back to Egypt. And his wife said, oh, that old, that, uh, that bloody man. Moses knew exactly what to do, but he didn't do it. So God required the Jew to do something, and everyone that the Jew bought or was raised in their house, strangers in the land, if they were part of, of the Jewish religion, part of the Jewish uh, community, they were supposed to do the exact same thing. So Abraham not, is dead, uh, is about to reproduce, He's getting ready to have a child. He's been 99 years old, no children. Sarah is 90 years old, no children. Uh, the problem isn't Sarah. The problem is Abraham. There's no bloodshed. And God says, okay, I'm going to bring a, a man-child into the world. And this one right here is where my seed's coming through and blood has to be poured out. And circumcision is a sign of that. Uh, I read some stuff Dr. Roman wrote and some other people wrote. And, and the man's foreskin covers... The seed, and what he does, he cuts that away. It's a picture of the veil of the temple. This, I hope I don't offend anybody. But, brethren, there is so much stuff in your Bible. When you sit there and start talking about it, it, it is what we take that stuff, and they start talking about it, and then they lose they lose or they don't want to talk about it, and then they wonder why we make stuff up. Uh, I was teaching on the Holy Spirit Thursday night. And you know what the problem with our churches is? Is we have no relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with Jesus. We say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm not, I don't think I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm not coming down on the word Jesus Christ at all. He is my Lord and Savior, but He's sitting on a throne in heaven, and the churches are afraid because of the charismatics to get out there and let the Holy Spirit have a rule in your life. If you don't let the Holy Spirit have rule in your life, you have no part of Christ. That the Holy Spirit is what's teaching me about Him. So when I pick up my Bible and I'm starting to read this thing, and it starts saying some things, it's hard. I like where we're in Peter where Peter says, Paul said some things that are really hard to be understood. Yeah, they were because we, we sit there and without the Holy Spirit, we want to go back to religion. That's what the brother I was talking to down in Cincinnati. He said, it's, it's, he said all the stuff that you've said so far uh, is about religion. And I told him about the, you know, forcing people to do this and forcing people to do that and forcing people to do this. That's religion. You can't force anybody to do anything. That's that is where our churches fail. We try to make everybody do what we think they should do because what we think the Bible says. The Lord never did that. I've seen offerings taken up where they took up twenty four thousand dollars in moments. You say, how did that? The God got in the thing. If yeah, I've seen other offerings where they sit there and pass the pail, 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 and, and made everybody feel bad until God's nowhere near that. Never was near that. If he has to make us do what he wants us to do, then something's bad wrong. Amen. Something's bad wrong. You ought to want to do it. You ought to want to, you ought to, want to get as close to him as you can. My message this morning, I've been, I had a message for a long time I've been wanting to preach. Never did write it down. I started looking at it yesterday, and I, I kept thinking about the thing, praying about it. And, I, and about the time, I got a call from that old guy, that old preacher man. And that old preacher man is the same age as the guy who I'm going to preach about this morning. And I was sitting there going, okay, Lord, that's confirmation. I mean, out of the blue, I haven't heard from this man for two or three years. And all of a sudden, bam, here's his phone call. And uh, and, he, and then he tells me what his age is, which is the exact same age as the guy in the Bible. And I told him about the sermon I was going to preach Sunday. And, he, and everything he said was exactly like the guy in the Bible said. And he didn't know I was going to preach that sermon, but everything he said as an 80-year-old man was exactly what that 80-year-old man was going through in the Bible. It's an amazing thing, man. Your Bible's crazy as it can be. But without the Holy Spirit sometimes, we think we see something, then our preferences get involved, and then all of a sudden we make judgments, we prejudge something, and then we, we refuse to get our prejudices out of the way to let God come through. Jesus Christ came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to forgive, and, and he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Apostle said, uh, the, the disciples says, well, how, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times? No, 70 times seven. A day, 490 times a day. They say, increase our faith. Yeah, you're going to need some more faith to do what God says. You know where you get faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You know where you get the faith from? Is, is The Holy Spirit gives you that. He's teaching you. He says, "The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom I will send in My name, He will bring all things to your remember, whatsoever I have said." You can't get anything out of that book, right? Without the Holy Spirit, can't do it. You know what God's saying right here is? He's talking about circumcision, and what people will do is they'll say, "Oh, you got to circumcise a, a, a child." You do or you don't, it don't matter. I guess there's health reasons why you probably should. Some doctors will say it's, it's not worth it. It hurts a little baby. Some say it don't hurt the little baby. I have no idea what it does. They say COVID is good for you. The COVID shot's good for you. And some of them says it's not. I have no idea what to believe from them guys anymore. I do know this. Don't ever take a, a ventilator. <laughs> Those things don't seem to work at all. I don't, I don't know if too many people. I've heard people say, a couple say, well, I know somebody who came back from a ventilator. I, did. I know a lady who came back, Angie Miller. Uh, She was on a ventilator. They said she had already set up in her lungs, and and she was just about gone. And and once it gets to a point where she was at, it was beyond a point. She would never come back. Uh, We all started praying, thinking she was going to go away. And and, uh, a couple days later, she came right out of it, and uh, she's still here today. And you say, what was that? That was God. I mean, uh, doctors all said this, and the Lord got in and did something else. Circumcision then pictures God revealing himself as creator or reproducer. This is apparent for 10 reasons. This is right out of Dr. Rutman's commentary. I tend, I tend to agree with it. Abraham now dead, we still looked at that, is about to reproduce. Sarah is now dead, is about to reproduce. There can be no birth without blood on the woman's part. Hebrews 9.22 says, almost, And almost all things by the law are purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there's no remission. So before Jesus Christ could come into the world, blood had to be shed by both man and woman. The woman's already going to shed it at the birth. But man, man has to do it. Uh, that's why he chose that particular thing, because it reveals God in it. Uh, God's seed's going to be placed in a woman several thousand years down the road, and she's going to have a son named Jesus Christ, and he's going to be the Savior of the world, and he's going to shed his blood at Calvary so I can get uh, spiritually circumcised. By what he's going to do. Uh, there can be no new birth without blood. So that the new, the new birth must have blood shed. It's got to have blood shed. It must be man's blood that is shed, not a woman's. Genesis 3.15. Yeah, brother, I'm telling you what. It's a, God don't do it. He don't waste anything. I was an old, old preacher, an uh, old uh, English preacher. And, man, that guy was going through some stuff. I just couldn't believe all the stuff he was saying. It was amazing. King James Bible, he, 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 was, he was saying, you ain't going to get nothing unless you get it in. And this old uh, English preacher, you know, a lot of times will say, well, England's re, uh, perverted and gone. This guy was an old preacher, man. He believed the King James Bible word of God. He said, you, you're not going to get it in any other Bible. All the other Bibles run it. Uh, 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Uh, that was man. He said, And the Lord said unto the serpent, because of what he did, he's going to put an enmity between the woman and man. So unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow shalt thou bring forth children, and the desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall have the rule over thee. So women have already got the curse on them, and, they, and when they shed, have a baby, been there for five of them, uh, they, they, they cut the umbilical cord, blood is shed, uh, she breaks water, uh, the placenta comes out I mean blood all over the place and, and liquids all over the place but man has not done that up to this point yet uh, so the women the, it's not the woman Genesis 15 she's already done it since man's seed is corruptible a new birth is required thus circumcision points oh man go to Galatians It's a good verse man the whole Bible's good It doesn't matter what, what you get into, it's all crazy. I, every time I sit down at my desk, I'm like, Lord, when are you going to come back? You just need to come back. I mean, we're all messed up. The whole world's messed up. They're all crazy. Yeah, if you were Al-Qaeda or the ISIS or all them other guys, in their eyes, they're doing the right thing. In our eyes, they're, they're wacko crazy nuts. But in their eyes, we're wacko crazy nuts to them. All it is is whoever's got more more... Weapons is the one who's going to come out to win in the end. No matter how you look at it, they're all they're all the same, brethren. When you get men into it, uh, I listened to some preaching the other day, and you started talking about uh, which I, I'd have to go do some reading up on that. But the Germans, the Germans, uh, most of those prison camps were pharmaceutical uh, test facilities, and they were sending the Jews up there to get tested on all the drugs and stuff in World War One and II, or World War Two. And, and then our big businesses, Goodyear, all the other guys down in South America making rubber for both sides. They're making wheels and everything else for both sides. So America knew getting into the war that Stalin killed six or, I think he killed like nine or 12 million uh, people uh, Jews in, in Russia. And we never said a word about that. But yet we're going to go after the Germans for only killing six million why didn't we go after the Germans and the Russians at the same time? You could, And then they didn't want to make any rules or anything because big business was in that thing. They're making steel, they're making rubber, they're making everything. For the war machine, they're supplying both sides. And you are saying they're making money so you can't, you know what, we're sitting here today and people say, well, how did, how did Biden get in? Well, he won the election, fair and square, right? <laughs> Come on now, I mean, that's, that's a, you look at that stuff, why didn't Trump get back in? Because big business, it goes way above our government. It goes way above that. There is somebody out there way, way bigger than that who's saying you will do what I tell you to do or how can a man that has dementia get in as president of the United States? How does that happen? Somebody rigged something. And then you get, you get the lady, uh, uh, Camelia Harris over there saying, well, we're gonna make sure that the women and children of Afghanistan, how about the men? How about our soldiers over there? See, it's, it's, it, the whole thing's crazy, brother. No matter, if you're looking at, at news for your answers, I feel sorry for you, man. You're going to be skewed. You're going to be skewed. Everything about what you're thinking is skewed. You get in the Bible, what you realize is we are one messed up bunch of people. And whoever's got the biggest toys wins. That's, that's the name of the game. And if you run, you run. If you don't, you don't. So it must be man's blood. I better get back to this man. You'll get off on rabbit trails all over the place. Uh, this, this, you're right here in Genesis, of Galatians. Let me get to Galatians 6, 5, 6. In Genesis, you're just in chapter 17, and you're, you're talking about what is happening today. The, the Arabs, the, the Arabic people as a whole hate the Jews. Uh, they want to wipe them off of the face of the planet. Uh, there is multiple countries that would love to help them wipe the Jew off the face of this planet. And it's always been that way, and it always and it started with Abraham and with Ishmael, and it goes right on down the, the road because they all think that they have God. Well, God, unless you break that thing down, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you say, Well, I've got God, we've got Allah. And we've got Muhammad as his prophet. Y'all got Jesus. Well, wait a second, wait a second. All three are the same. All three are the same. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They're all three the same. They're one. They're the same. It's, it's his de- uh, depiction of what he's doing at any given moment in time is which one you have to deal with. You go deal with the Father right now, and he will throw you into hell if you're not saved. If you go to the, if you go to the Holy Spirit without Jesus Christ, he will tell you the Father's going to throw you into hell. Without, without batting an eye. If you get saved, the Holy Spirit's going to guide and direct you. The Father's going to, Jesus Christ said the Father will guide you to him. And when you get to him, you will get saved. The Holy Spirit will seal you and start talking to you for the rest of your life. But people sit there and look at those three and they say, oh, well, they're different. They're my mom, I can't even. She said, I can talk to the Father and the Holy Spirit, but I'm just so afraid of Jesus. I'm like, they're the same. I mean, if I was afraid of Jesus, I would definitely be afraid of the Father and the Holy Spirit. I said, I think I would really be afraid of the Father and the Holy Spirit before I would uh, with Jesus. Jesus says he'll save me and let me go to heaven forever. The other two said they're going to convict me of sin and throw me into hell. I mean, I think I like the one in the middle better. I like the one on the middle of the cross, man, right there. I mean, he gets you out of all kinds of trouble. It must be man's bloodshed. Since man's seed is corruptible, a new birth is required. Thus, circumcision points dangerously to a Galatians chapter five, verse six. It says, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. So the the cutting the flesh or not cutting the flesh really doesn't amount to a hill of beans when it comes to after the cross. But faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth. Somebody is getting to us to keep us from obeying what this book says. Brother, this thing is it's. I heard uh, Dr. Roman always, I mean, he probably about every other word out of his mouth is relationship, 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 relationship. And it's not with the Baptist church. It's with Jesus. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can do all kinds of things. Without that relationship, the, the relationship with him is via the Holy Spirit. And what you've got to do is you've got to say, well, Mike, calls you do is talk about football. I'm not talking about football, but you know, I, here's, I'll tell you what. I'll talk about football, man. I ain't got nothing else to talk about. You know what's wrong with our churches? I'll tell you what's wrong. I keep telling everybody what's wrong with our churches. They're mimicking the Holy Ghost. I, get, I go out there, we want to build a church. We want 10,000 people in our church. What are you going to do with them once you get them? What are you going to do with them? Oh, we got 10,000 people. Great. What are you going to do with them? Well, we're going to have, we're going to start talking about football and basketball and baseball and hockey and, and NASCAR and all this other stuff. And, and we'll have baseball teams and softball teams and we'll have all these other teams and we'll have basketball teams. And what we're doing is we're, we're mimicking that joy. Let me ask you a question. You got joy today? You know why you don't have joy? Because you got some, a problem with the Holy Ghost is what the problem is. That, you, get a, you get the Holy Ghost in your life the right way where he belongs. And you won't need all that other stuff. But we need that other stuff in churches because these pastors, I don't, we go to the rodeo. Yeah, we do rodeos. I don't have a problem with a rodeo. I really don't have a problem with, man, I tell you what, I, I think my, uh, my grandson says he's, he needs a steak, so he needs to go shoot him a cow. <laughs> I thought that's a good way. Yeah, you, you definitely want to shoot the thing before you cut the steak out. Uh, if he wants a sirloin, maybe he can figure out how to do it. Maybe he's going to be a butcher when he grows up. I have no idea what he's going to be. But you know what? We sit there and we look at all this stuff and, and I go into stores and no meat burgers. That's the biggest stinking lie I've ever seen in my life. That's hypocrisy. If you don't want a meat burger, a hamburger is meat. Okay, if you don't want a burger, then, then go out and eat a, a ear of corn. Corn has no meat in it, by the way, so you're good with that. Go eat a piece of bread. But when it comes to eating a hamburger, it's meat. So you deceive yourself to make yourself feel good and go get a non-meat burger. Then they got non-meat sausage. Then they got non-meat chicken. You can't have non-meat chicken. Chicken is chicken. I don't understand it, man. You fry it. You cook it. You bake it. You do all kinds, but chicken is chicken, man. You make chicken salad. I never did a lot. I like tuna salad, but I don't like chicken. Brethren, we do. uh-oh, I done run somebody off. <laughs> You're gonna go get a non-meat burger, aren't you? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but it is, it is that we, we our churches are are deceiving, they're getting everybody in, but they're stopping the teachings part way. And instead of taking that thing all the way to get each person to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, there is really no excuse for a country the size of ours with as many Christians as we say we have in it to be in the shape we're in. There's no excuse. If Joel Osteen's church was what it should be with 15,000 people on Sunday morning, this morning, I, if the COVID thing isn't bothering them too much and they got the Coliseum, compact Coliseum open, they'll have 15,000 people in there. With 15,000 true Christians, you, would, you shouldn't have a problem winning Dallas. The whole stinking city. I drove through Dallas here recently, and it's, it is a pigsty. And New York has to be 10 times worse. I wouldn't even get off a boat in New York. We pulled up on a pier side. She's laughing. She knows what I'm talking about. We pulled up on a pier side after we were there for the, the uh, Statue of Liberty unveiling. And they pulled us up to a pier side and they said, you you can't go off this boat without two or three sailors going off at a time. That's a wonder they didn't make us heavily armed with a couple of Marines. I'm like, if I can't go into a city that in my country without two or three people to protect myself, I don't need to be in that city. And I left. And I stayed on the ship, man. I just stayed there and worked on stuff until we pulled back out and went back to Norfolk. I, I said, I ain't even gonna get off the ship. But in our country, our world is messed up because what we've done is then we come here and say, oh, well, we circum-, they circumcise babies in the hospital all the time, have no idea why they're doing it. They think, oh, well, you know, well the parents want it. Why? Then you got other people saying, why are you doing this? Cause they have no idea what, what it is. It's a picture of God. Uh, and we put God out of it. So now we wonder why. And the only way we're going to get God in it, seriously, the only way you're going to get him in it is the Holy Spirit. The only way we're going to get the Lord back into our lives, the only way I'm going to get him in my life where he belongs, is I've got to, I've got to re- repair that relationship with the Holy Spirit somehow. Once I get it repaired, is maintain that thing that I don't lose that because he's the one teaching me when I go through the Bible. It's just an amazing thing when you go through this book, what will pop out on the pages sometimes as you're reading it and you say, Where did that come from? That's the Holy Spirit. But other people say, Well, I don't like reading my Bible that's because you have no relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you had a relationship with the Holy Spirit, almost every every man, Hudson Taylor, all of them guys, uh, George Mueller, doesn't, doesn't matter which one, they all had a relationship. Why they could accomplish what they got done in this world is because of their relationship. It wasn't because they went out and did something. Number one, it was a relationship that they established with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, and they got something to do because of what they did. And, brethren... I'm, you don't, have to, you don't have to go out there. Look at Abraham. Abraham is just a normal, everyday guy. I better get back into this. A little, uh, you did run well. Who did hinder you? Verse 7. That you should not obey the truth. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. That's from God. A little leaven, leaveneth whole lump. That's when you let the world in, all of a sudden the, the scriptures start darkening. There is, there is no way out of it. If you're not reading your Bible, you have a problem with the Holy Spirit. If you're reading your Bible and struggling, i will probably still say you got a problem with the Holy Spirit or you need to learn how to read. Brethren, God is not a respecter of any person. He uses everybody. I've got stories in my Bible, thief, the, the beggar at the rich man's gate with sores all over, didn't, didn't financially do anything for anybody, yet he's in the Bible. The Holy Spirit could use him. The rich man went to hell. The, the beggar that was covered with sores and the dog was licking his wound went to Abraham's bosom. What is that? The only thing you ever heard about is the beggar sitting at the rich man's, uh, laying at the rich man's gate. And he ends up in heaven. What was it? He had a relationship. Without that relationship, you won't get it. We can deceive ourselves. I hear people all the time say, well, I, I, I believe in God. Okay, that's fine. I believe in Jesus. That's fine. How's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, yeah, No. You can't have one without the other two. You can't have two and not have the third one. It's a, it's a package deal. And if you don't get all three of them, what you're gonna do is you're gonna end up in a fight with somebody. Well, I'm, I'm this. Are you a saved this? Or I tell everybody all the time, like, I was born and raised Roman Catholic. I, I, when I talk to Catholics, are you a saved Catholic or a lost Catholic? Are you a saved Baptist or a lost Baptist? Are you a saved a non-denominational church member? Or are you a lost non-denominational church member? It doesn't matter what you are. Uh, if you don't have that blood on your body, that he, on your soul that Jesus shed at Calvary, you're lost on your way to hell. Uh, since man's seed is corruptible, a new birth is required. has to be. Uh, that's why Jesus Christ died on the cross. Thus, circumcision points dangerously. It does. Back over to Galatians. This persuasion coming out of him that calleth you, a little leaven left the whole lump. You let a little bit in there, man, and it starts messing the whole thing up. I have confidence in you through the Lord uh, that ye will be none otherwise minded but but he that troubleth you uh, shall bear his judgment whosoever he be and i brethren if i preach if i yet preach circumcision why do i yet suffer persecution then if the if then is the offence of the cross ceased i would that ye were even cut off uh, that ye even cut off which trouble you i would that they were cut off uh Cut off which trouble you. For brethren, ye have been called under liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But, but by love serve one another. That all the, all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So circumcision in the flesh. Circumcision availeth nothing. Circumcision availeth, uh, uncircumcision availeth nothing. So when he's sitting here talking about it, he's giving Abraham a picture of him. Uh, back to Genesis, it says, uh, Doc says this, it is therefore a picture of the new birth, which it is, Colossians, it Colossians 2.8-14, 2, 2, Colossians 2.8. It does picture the new birth, but it is not the new birth. People who are circumcised, people who are church members, they could be Baptists, circumcised Baptists, die and go right to hell. Uh, it has nothing to do with being circumcised. Well, the, the right one. You've got to have the right one. But the whole picture of that thing was an a antitype for the picture of Jesus Christ, what he was doing, he's coming. Colossians, Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Man, I thought I was going to get through this easy. Colossians 2, eight. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are, uh, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with that circumcision made without hands, in the putting off of the uh, body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ." buried with him in baptism, wherein also have, you have are risen with him in faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So he gives you baptism as a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it says, cutting away the flesh. You, circumcision in the New Testament after Jesus Christ is a picture of the soul being cut away, the, the spirit coming back to life, the soul and spirit being bound together, sealed into the day of redemption. And physically, spiritually cut away from the flesh. So now you got the old man, the new man. Adam's going to preach tonight on the old man, new man. And that's exactly where a lot of us sit. The old man is sitting here, and we constantly feed that thing. So our church is out there today. They're doing everything. What program have you got for our people? I've had people come say, well, what programs do you, your church have for me? I don't know. We have church on Sunday morning, and we have Sunday school. Well, what programs do you have? We, we have church, and we have Sunday school. But what programs do you have? Church and Sunday school. We do have a, a uh, teen class, a teen Sunday school class, and we have a junior uh, Sunday school class. What program? That's it. Well, now we, we went to Awanas because Adam says we need Awanas. And Awanas is probably better than Patch the Pirate. Patch Pirates just never did sound like, you know, just like a Christian thing to have anyways. A pirate. I mean, I, I can't find pirates in my Bible but I can't find iguanas in there anyway. They sound like an iguana, like a lizard or something, but, but anyways. But then people say, well, what? the church shouldn't have a program. You shouldn't need a program. You shouldn't need something that is going to drive you to do something. What you need is Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, brother, he'll get you through life. He, he will get you through all the problems. There is isn't a problem on the face of this planet that you can't get through with Jesus Christ. There is not one. Uh, what happens is we'll start getting this flesh in and say, I don't want, well, I'm sure that Jesus Christ in the flesh probably did not want to go to the cross and have them nail nails in his hand and feet, but he knew it had to be done, so he settled in his mind he was going to do it. But you only got 60, 70, 80 years to, to live, and then it's over, and then you got eternity going on out there. Now, brother, this 60, 70 years, you're not missing a thing. If you think you're missing anything down here, you've, you've got heaven all wrong. Some, Levi asked me that. He said, "Well, what's heaven like?" I said, well, "It was like everything you can't even think about." And he goes, oh. "He goes." Oh. I said, "Brother, God is outside of this thing. The Holy Spirit, Father, Son—they're outside of this thing called the universe. You're asking me to tell you about something that is outside this thing that I have no concept of. I can tell you some pieces and parts about it." But you're going to have to wait till you get there and see the thing. He's got to give you a new body. You couldn't go like you're right now. You said if you have seen him, you'd die. So you can't even see it. So anyways, circumcision is a picture of God unveiling his seed to the world. That's what it is in Abraham. That's what he's picked Abraham out for. Uh, the new birth is a real spiritual cutting with God, uh, uh, which God could not perform in the days of Abraham, which he couldn't because Jesus Christ hadn't died on the cross yet. The seed... The blood, the birth, and the revelation are therefore inseparably connected. Christ is the seed. Uh, it is his blood that gives new birth. John, go to John two, John 1.12. Now, brethren, if you're confused, don't feel bad. I am too you got a little book sitting here with stuff in it that it covers just about everything you possibly want. If God gave you this book, and in this book is everything you could ever want to know or need to know, need to know, if you have a need to know, uh, is in this book. But it's laid out line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And it gets complicated, and it gets complicated real quick. It all depends on how deep you want to go into what you're reading. Uh, One little verse to take you, you could read over one little verse and say, okay, Jesus wept, and away you go. Well, why did Jesus wept? Why did he weep? And that, that thing could open up. One twelve, John one twelve. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them who believed on his name, uh, which was not, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And It says, uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood at Calvary so we could get in. So it has to be a shedding of blood. Abraham was the only uh, participant in this. He had to get his blood shed. Ishmael got his blood shed. Isaac, when he was born, got his shed. And everybody that was owned by Abraham or in Abraham's family uh, were circumcised. Uh, The new birth is a real spiritual cutting. The seed, the blood, number 10 I have here, Christ is the seed. In it, it is his blood, he gives a new birth. We just read that in John. He is the revelation of the true one of God, uh, eternal life. Go to First uh, John. I'll stop right here after this one. First John chapter 5. Circumcision is complicated. But everything that God told him, Could you imagine if you had to do everything they told you to do in the Old Testament? I don't know about you, but I, I, I keep reading that stuff. I said, Lord, I could never do all this stuff. I said, there's no possible way I could even begin to do all this stuff. And uh, I'm just, I sit there and I get kind of depressed sometimes when I'm reading it. I'm like, they had to do all this stuff. And you just tell us to do a couple things and we won't do it. They had to do all this stuff. I mean, every bit of this stuff in the Old Testament, they had tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff they had to do. And everybody had to bring a lamb and everybody had to kill. Could you imagine how much blood there was there? They needed a whole tribe of Jews just to kill this stuff. Now, they're all a bunch of butchers is all they were. But you sit there and look at the amount of animals that were killed for them. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, we don't do that. We we don't take it that serious. And then we wonder why our country's in the mess it is in. We need to take it serious. You know one person who took it serious will get it to change the entire planet. We just need to find that one person who will take it serious and then convince the rest of us to take it serious. Uh, first, first John 5, 1 and 2. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that, that uh, loveth him that begotteth loveth him also that is begotten of him. We, by this we know that we love God's, God's children uh, that we love. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is, is the love of God. That we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born, of, for whosoever is, or whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Uh, Lord, I know this is a complicated uh, topic to be on, uh, but Lord, you gave Abraham a covenant, and Abraham uh, uh, believed you, and you counted him for righteousness. And Lord, he just started doing what you said do. Uh, Lord, what we need to do is uh, have the exact same relationship Abraham had, Isaac had, Jacob had. Lord, we need the relationship David had. Lord, we need the relationship that you have uh, with your precious son and and Jesus. We need the uh, relationship that Peter, James, John had. We need to get our relationship back with the Holy Spirit the way it it should be, Lord, and not grieve him or or, uh, quench him. Uh, But, Lord, uh, nurture the relationship between him that uh, he can give us the wisdom And the peace of God that passeth all understanding to get through this world. Lord, this world is going crazy. It's doing some really strange things, uh, Lord. But we can survive it, Lord, if if we'll just do what you tell us to do. Uh, Lord, uh, we need to follow your footsteps and not the the footsteps of the world, Lord. Uh, If we walk in the flesh, Lord, it's, it's just going to end up wrong. Lord, help us to walk in the spirit. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.